Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Strength to Be Human. This is that wonderful guest house edition with uh, my co-host and, and frequent guest, John Patrick Robbins. Uh, John, thank you very much for coming on board. Oh, always great to be here, Mark. This is going to be episode number 79, and we're doing something unique. It'll just be one topic for the entire show, but it's called personality or persona, or maybe in some people's cases, a little bit of both. But I wanted to cover I wanted to cover on the show like the different points of views or the various angles or, or, or even the strategies that sometimes people put together, whether it's conscious or unconscious and, and some of their writing, because sometimes you could read something and you're like, wow, that's really deep. But is that that person or is it just their character that they're speaking through or maybe that that persona that they kind of get off that really gruff thing? But then you meet them in person, they're like giving you a cookie, some tea, and you can barely hear what the hell they're saying. So, I mean, you don't know. Some people uh, live poodle lives, but they're piranhas in their poetry. And other folks, you know, kind of like me and you, though, we, we, we kind of like just like being the piranha. But <laughs> go ahead, John, on this. Cause it's it's going to be a real interesting topic, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. It's going to be really, uh, it's going to be fun to explore this one. <laughs> I was I was telling John uh, before the show started, and I know we discussed this a little bit in the past as well, that a lot of his books, which which have that you know uh, barroom uh, slash you know blunt, unfiltered to the point kind of style, oftentimes you can't really tell on all of the poems where the personality stops. And the persona begins because he's got some poems where, I mean, literally, he drank, he vomited, he threw up, he woke up next to the dog, the dog's telling him about aliens from another planet, and then he went over and found the girl broke his heart. I mean, what the hell was real? You don't know. But it makes for a lot of entertainment, of course. But deep down, I'm sure that there's a line somewhere. I just don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a... Uh... You know that's that's the whole thing, and I've always, uh, I mean, it, as you know me, but I, I think people a lot of times uh, are a bit confused. But I, I always think that's good for me personally. That uh, I kind of like making people think, well, this sounds really deeply, deeply personal, and they don't know what's the what's the reality and what's not. It's kind of like how you used to hear. Uh, yeah, how you used to hear music on the radio, and you didn't know what the band looked like. You didn't know nothing about that. You just knew what you heard. And then now, you know, everything's like people want everything. Just oh, this is what it's about. That they want so much information that I, I like my privacy, as anybody knows. It, it's kind of weird because I know I'm out there a lot, but <laughs> you know, with these uh, these rights, I do like to keep people guessing, and I and I do a pretty good job at that. And, you know, that, 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 that's fine because I, I, I'm really not going to say or take the position uh, on the other side of things as a reader. Um, mm -hmm. 
gee, I should know more of this, or I won't get the full, you know, grasp of yeah. the poem. I'm I'm okay having some guesswork, and, and I'm even okay sometimes being perplexed, because not all your stuff does that. Some of it is no. straight to the point from the beginning to the end, like mm-hmm. some guy that, oh, that's, that owes you money, and you just want to hit him over the head with a friggin' pipe or something. <laughs> well, that makes sense to me. You don't need to have a persona for that. Sounds It sounds very Italian, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm right with that, okay? Collect yeah. your money, get your respect back, and get your damn money back. Let's go to McDonald's together and get a Big Mac. Sounds good. I'm, I have no problem yeah. with that. But other others, as you know, you know, you, you have to navigate all kinds of uh, unusual things, and, and yeah. a lot of people do that. But they all have, uh, from from what I can tell, when I do talk with them, often they have different reasons. I've actually talked to writers that literally told me, "I don't know what the hell you're talking about," and I know they're not lying to me because I've done this before. John sometimes says, Mark, Mark, I think you're actually funny a lot of times. And sometimes even some of your writing is funny. And I'm like, going, what the hell is he talking about? Because not only do I not think I'm good in humor, I'm not even trying to consciously do humor. Because I have no idea how to do that. So anything that might come out either, I don't know, I screwed up somewhere and everybody's laughing because I'm an idiot. Or, or maybe somehow I accidentally stumbled on something funny without realizing it. So I can see how others might say, you know, Mark, I thought I was writing personality when apparently people think it's persona, which is just a nice code for, you know, they think I'm just sort of like stretching stuff for this for the purposes of a story for fiction, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And that's fine. We're writers. We should do that to a certain extent. But I've had writers say, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I have others say, aha, I got you guessing. That's a good thing, which is which mm-hmm. is cool. But, you know, I mean, if I want to guess, I, I'm going to watch Jeopardy. I, I, I don't want to read something. In yeah. Books. That's just that's me anyway. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, especially when I talk about that when I'll read some of your stuff and then there's humor and I we know each other outside of this, so it's just it's funny because I like how blunt you are, and that's what cracks me up. And you, so it's there's to me there's humor in everything, but I'm a humorist, so I can kind of you know I can always find humor and stuff. But, uh, I mean, as far as, like, with, with my own writing and stuff, I mean, I, it's pretty much, I'm not ever, like, I'm not trying to, like, confuse people. It's not like I'm writing, you know, like, something that is really hard to fathom or anything like that. It, I try to tell a story in everything I do. So, but, you know, I mean, how much of it's, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't do, like, little side notes with everything I write. That, oh, yeah, this is what it's all based on. I mean, a lot a lot of it is, yes, largely based on on real events. or and It could be not necessarily me, you know. It could be friends or stories or, you know, so that's that's a, one note is watch, watch saying stuff around me because you'll probably end up in the right, you know. <laughs> so, and I'll. I'll do it, you know, but I mean, that's and not in a bad way or malicious. It's just to give people a laugh and, and things like that, you know, because that, that's nah, what I do. So. I, I, that's why I, that's why I, I really like it, because it has uh, it has depth and it has and it has heart. And, and sometimes it really has a, a punch to it. I mean, a perfect example is this. I, I, I get all kinds of crap from all over the world. OK. A lot of it is actually a lot of it is actually pretty good, but I get a lot of stuff from the academic world. I mean, professors of this and doctors of that, and I'm not I'm not kidding you. And I'm looking at this going, what the hell have you been doing in your life? Do you even have a life, or if it's just a career 
and, and somehow your emotions have stopped for 50 years, and now you just want to put down some words on a pen, but you, you, you sound like crap. You're not saying anything interesting. So when I look at a poem like like John's poem, Neptune, which I, I nominated uh, for um, the, the 2019 uh, Pushcard, a prize for poetry, well, there's a poem that has all the things I wanted to have that they should have too. Why don't you have this when you have a PhD? Well, it's really interesting, but it's also very simple too. You're not you're not speaking from experience. You, you're you're not speaking from any sincerity. You're certainly not speaking from your heart. You, you're trying to be some grammar Nazi, and, and it's it's going to come out like a dumb robot, and, and, and it's going to be clunking all over the place from when I'm reading it. Versus John, who just like me, doesn't have a PhD in whatever the hell, and can do something because we are trying to do our best to be sincere and, and honest people and trying to relay and communicate something that you know we feel could be worth out there, if it's something that maybe is important to us or maybe even maybe important to somebody out there in the audience. This is the difference between passion and, and just, just being a, you know, a, a pretender. And, and, and I don't mean that in the way that you know, hey, Mark, I'm, I'm pretending I'm writing to send you something. No, it's the word of pretender of you don't know what the hell you're doing. Even though you, you, you mean well, you don't. So it's not going to it's not going to come across well. You know, it's it's just going to sound like 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 crap. So, I mean, nine out of ten of those sort of things I have to reject. And you would not believe sometimes the replies you get back. They're, they're dumbfounded. What in the hell? My favorite my favorite one that, that, that complained was this. Oh, well, the hell with it. You're just an electronic zine anyway. Really? If I'm crap before, then why the hell would you even send it to me in the first place, then, if I'm so much crap? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Thank you thank you there, Dr. Doolittle Poetry, because you've done little in that damn poem, okay? Yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that is a good point on some of that stuff, but, you know. I, but then again, you know, we, we've said it a hundred times, you know, I don't think you can teach writing. It's, it's, it's either, it's either there or it's not there, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I agree, but here's the, and, and I'm not even trying to make a small alley comment. I'm not even trying to be mm. funny. The terrible <laughs> irony is some of these people who submit, who's sending this stuff to me, they are teaching literature. That's a yeah. funny thing. There's like professors of this and English and this language. Mm. One guy says, I'm the chair of the Department of Linguistics. I'm like, well, yeah. maybe maybe you need to find out from one of your students how to write a poem because you don't. I, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> You're absolutely <laughs> horrible from the beginning to the end. I mean, what do you want to say? I'm, I'm glad you have 28 years in, in translating Romanian into Romulan or something, but you're not helping anybody right now with this poem. <laughs> Wow, we're going into Star Trek. No, uh, I have to on this one. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's another thing is there's some people that will dissect things so much that they kind of lose all the soul of it, you know. And I, I don't know, I don't know why they do that. They think it's you know, it makes them fantastic because they know every little nuance. But if you don't actually know how to put it all together, it's like saying I got a million pieces that go in this engine, but I don't know how to start with getting the you know the tires on first you know it just uh it doesn't you know i don't understand folks like that but you know to each his own there are some people that are that are very technical but you know technical is good if you want to write a textbook it's not necessarily good if you want to connect you know because exactly (laughs) you can actually use a technical writing style 
for mm-hmm. um, for an article uh, or a mm-hmm. nonfiction book, maybe on, on something that would be uh, mechanical or academic and that sort of yeah. thing. You can use that style, and that's fine. But when you go into the literary arts of fiction and poetry, mm-hmm. even even drama, if mm-hmm. you're not coming, if you're not coming from a place of realness, and you're just trying to do everything in a cerebral fashion, it's going to come out dumb. You're not saying anything new. I don't care how much of a big of a brain you thought you had. If you're starting from the brain when you're writing, you're just not going to you're not going to go anywhere. I never I never do. I don't sit there and try to soul think this through and through no i'm i'm feeling certain things i got some notes on that i feel it's ready to start doing something and things kind of go from there it's it, it's sort of the flow it's the before you even connect into the audience you have to figure out how to connect to yourself you know and without sounding like hallmark but you know it's really hard to love somebody if you don't have somewhat measure of loving yourself I mean, we all have our problems and we're all flawed. And, and some of us even have days where we hate ourselves. That's all fine. But in the end, you can't sincerely love somebody if you just truly hate yourself or you just don't know anything about yourself. And I think that's the problem with a lot of these a lot of these writers is they don't really know a whole lot about themselves. They know a lot about their careers. They might even know something about their families. God knows they know a whole bunch about Eagle MC squared and and the cosmos and everything and and, and mm. white kang and white kangaroos are transgender in the desert, but they don't know a crap about how to write a poem. Yeah, and you wonder why I think you're funny. <laughs> it's just, it just makes that no comparison sense. is perfect. But no, they confuse it. They confuse it. They confuse that. They're like I have so much knowledge. I'm like that's great. You do, and God and God bless you. But you have zero talent. Next. <laughs> yeah, I want you to say what you really think. No, uh, you, you have to know yourself with with uh, with the page, and I think the best people maybe maybe they're not. You know, maybe they're not the most technical. I know I'm certainly not the most technical, but I do know my know myself, so I can go there. And it's yeah, it, it that is a that's a very good point. You have to. You really do have to know yourself, especially if you're going to connect with other people. You know, you got to, you know, it just it. That's a, that's certainly a, a great point. It's going to be my part uh, segment, part three uh, of the uh, Illuminated Path series that I'm doing. I did two already, and the third one is going to be about, you know, what constitutes a writer and 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 what mm-hmm. is a writer. And I think that for so many years we we got the the, the misnomer that a writer is a person that organizes words into some kind of interest and meaning. And I'm saying that's a bunch of bull crap. A writer is not that at all. That That's a typer. That's a teacher mm-hmm. of, of, of some grammar in some school. That's not a writer. A writer is about somebody that has figured out how to connect with themselves and now is trying to figure out how to connect with you. That's a damn writer. No, no, that's, 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 and that's, it's not an easy thing to do. That's what I think a lot of people, I think we all want to do that as writers. And I think the best of, you know, best writers can, they can just easily connect, you know, with that because, you know, we know ourselves and we, and therefore you almost endear yourself to people. And then after a while, you know, you build up readers and that's how it all works, but. Uh, it, it's 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 a strange thing, but uh, you can understand why people want to do it, but not everybody can. That's, no, that's, a, that's you, a sad part of it. You, 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 can't know. St- you can't you can't start off 
lying to yourself because the moment you start lying to yourself, 10 minutes later, you're going to start lying to me. And I don't want that. I'm not going to read that. I, I know it's it's un- inauthentic and it's useless. I've heard it already. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you live long enough around here. And believe me, you, you've heard all the lies already. There's not too many new lives left. There might be some new truths out there, but there isn't too many new lies. I, I pretty much have heard them already. So, and, and you yeah. can tell right away. The minute you read something, you can tell this is somebody that's in the zone or this is somebody that belongs in the twilight zone. But you're <laughs> not going to get anybody in the middle, you know? No, no. I think we yeah we encounter that a lot. I mean, I've I've met uh, both both sides quite often. I think when you work behind the scenes, you get to get to meet all types. <laughs> so that, that's yeah. why that's why I think, and it's just my theory. I could be wrong, and that's fine. But it, it's my theory that I primarily work as a writer through personality. That's what I feel the most comfortable with. I, I'm not really good with personas, so I don't really care about it as much. Uh, that's why I think that writers that can do both, or maybe just just do persona, they, they in many ways they're, they're better and deeper writers than I am. So in many ways, I, I think John is a better writer than me, just because he can do that and I really can't. And thankfully, I'm not interested in exploring it either. I'm just happy with what I'm doing, and I don't want to change it, so I'm I'm very comfortable with it. But people who can do both or who can just stay around a lot in persona. I mean, it, it's it's just a, it's another stage of writing that I, I'm not able to do, and I'm not really interested in doing. But it it, it takes something a lot more than what I do, and it, it makes it a a more compelling uh, you know work. And my I know you're doing this whole you know Frank book and everything, and I can imagine yeah. that the kind of depth and, and the kind of stuff that's going to come out of that because I'm thinking that that's going to be a whole lot of persona and not a whole lot of personality. Yeah, it's well because it's it is a character. It's a character that people. And of course, people think there's there's a blurred line. There, there, it, it's you know it is a story. I mean you know it it's it's kind of like Frank is a character that was well it was kind of came out of publication because of, I just one time came up with this story had to name him and there there you go it's Frank Murphy and then he just kind of grew. I, I kind of I thought it would just be a one off thing and then kept going back to it. And just enjoy the character. There's a lot. Of course, there is a lot of me in the character. But yeah, this guy is like a, you know, he's an extremely successful writer, and he's kind of like a, a throwback to the the writers I admired. You know, like the uh, the Hemingways and 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 these kind of really out there, you know, characters who are great writers, but they're also great characters. You know, they definitely all had. Have- persona going on and uh the the frank book i'm glad once i'm glad you mentioned because that's what i am going to be working on and i am working on is uh it's it's unique and uh and it does have depth it's not all just cheap jokes and and stuff like that it's you can't you but there's plenty of you know if you want to have a good laugh it's there's there because he's a you know he's a care you know as anybody knows who because he's been in uh I think every book I've done, there's been at least one Frank Wright. So, you know, that's why I just I wanted to focus on that character. But it is it is a whole lot of persona. <laughs> and it'll it'll be interesting. It'll definitely give folks a a laugh. But it is a uh, it is a I would say a monster of a project because it's one thing to do a short story or a little piece of microfiction. It's another thing to do a whole book of it. So yeah, it's it's different, but I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. Oh, that's that's great. I, the only time I ever 
as a writer, step into the persona thing is when I write plays. That's the only time because yeah. there's no way really around it. I, I have to I have to dwell in the character to get across what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. But most people that either have seen the plays or have have read the plays see some of the some of the same elements in some of my other writing. You know, and over the years I got to notice it as well too that I'm just more comfortable on on, on the social aspect of things. I'm just more of a social writer. For some reason, this is what I care about the most, so it's what I write about the most. And for a long time, I, I never really kind of grasped what kind of writer I was because I just figured uh, I'd figure that out later or let somebody else figure that out. Let me just write and not worry about all that kind of thing. But as you get older and you hear other people say certain things or you get certain feedback, you know, good and bad, um, you, you, you have to wonder, especially when you hear it from enough people that, you know, hey, maybe this is actually what I am doing and, and who I am doing it, and that's... And that's fine. I mean, it's not like I'm just discovering, you know, that I, I have a dinosaur head coming out of my butt or something. You know, it's, it's, it's normal stuff here that I'm discovering. You know, I, I, I've been doing a lot of social writing for quite some time. I just didn't realize that it, it became more and more of a of an aspect of my personality and and a, of my of my writing. So it became less less fiction and less artistic and and more of that. I mean, I'm still, of course. You know, uh, an artist doing things, uh, poetry and art has to be first before you do anything along that line. But I try to meld it in there because I, that's, why, that's what I find the most interesting. And that's, well, why, it probably, that's why it probably comes across to you as, as more blunt and, and why you, you laugh at it. Mainly because part of the job for me is to sort of distill to certain things of the mannerisms of people or the thoughts of folks. So there's some of their dumb actions or even some of their smart actions. And, and make some sense of it and, you know, and make, maybe even make some comment on it. And uh, to me, for some reason, that's what I'm interested in. We never really know what we're interested in until years later when we start looking at it and go, oh, yeah. yeah. Some people can make a change in that and say, hey, I want to do something different. And other people are just like, you know, if I'm doing this and I'm comfortable, then, that, then that's fine. And I am. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird that you don't fully know sometimes what you're doing. But I will counsel writers the same way I counsel myself. Uh, whatever you're writing, you've got to be comfortable in it. If you're not, it doesn't really matter. If if the biggest publishing mm. house in the world wants it, if you absolutely hate what you're doing, because guess yeah. what? They're going to keep asking you for more of that. So if you hate it before, <laughs> yeah. what the hell are you going to do now? <laughs> oh, Christ, i got to do it again? Yeah, so, plenty uh, of writers have done that. They've created I something that. that become a trap to them, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, you know. like they used to say in the old days, you're painting yourself in the corner, and that's literally what you're doing. <laughs> I, I didn't yep. want to do that because I kept saying to myself, and a lot of writers will say this too, I mean, we, we make a lot of compromises in, in, in our personal lives, maybe out of romance or marriage or maybe out of children, maybe yeah, just because certain things you have to be more cordial in society to get certain things done. I don't mean lying or anything. I mean just sometimes... Uh, Telling somebody your your whole mind isn't really advantageous to get something done because they only need yeah. a part of it to get it done. So why put yourself out there completely with a stranger? But at the same point, it is a compromise. And yeah. in the end, I, I realized in the way I write the way I do, and maybe you do to a certain extent too from, from what I've read, is because if I have to do all those compromises for whatever reasons, there needs to be some place in my life, no matter what it is. I mean, if it's just going to the bathroom, where I'm not being bothered and I can be who I'm supposed to be. 
So I tell writers that if you can't be that person in writing, then what the hell's the point of anything in life then? Because if you're yeah. compromised on 29 things, how about 30 be the damn writing that you don't compromise on then? Have something that you could just say, this is mine. Nobody can touch it. I'm not listening to any bunch of crap. I don't care about if you don't like this, you don't like that because I like it, because it makes me happy, because I think it's important. And sometimes writing has to be that for you to continue, uh, continue through rejection, continue for people not understanding, maybe even continuing when you get published and people like, well, I don't really like that or I don't really agree with that. Just you still need to continue. And you can continue if you realize, at least in that particular part of your life, you're living, if not unfiltered like John, at least you're living with the integrity that you want to live with in in that you know in that thing that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's the thing. I think just like I, I've always kind of thought, you know, I've always tried to be the writer that I myself would want to read. You gotta really enjoy what you're doing, but. I will, I will also say this, you know, when when I say, oh, there's humor, you're right. I just, I enjoy your writing. You're a great writer. That's why I nominated you for uh, best in that on 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 trim. I just, it's just there's so much of your personality in there, and it's just, I as I know you, and you just, you always crack me up. Just, but it's not because I'm saying, oh, this writing. No, I I really enjoy your work. It has it has a great grit, and that's that's what I always like. I like writing that's just got a lot of backbone. You know, I don't, I never liked, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not kind of, I mean, I know no, nobody would be shocked by this. I'm not really kind of like, you know, sunshine and rainbows kind of person. So, <laughs> but I just enjoy, I just really respect your writing. I did from day one. And, and, you know, that's another reason I think we became good. You know, we're also good friends outside of this stuff we do. And, uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, well, yeah, thank, it, you for, thank you very much for that. Um, I definitely feel the same in the in the sense that um, I, I'm not the uh, the rainbows and sunshine uh, kind, kind of writer. And, and folks, yeah. don't don't get us wrong when we're saying that. Because no, I got plenty of people that do haikus and want to talk about the nature and the birds, and, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I, I find a lot of I find a lot of comfort in that. I find a lot of art in that. I think it's important. Because quite frankly, if the world's just full of Mark and John's poems and nothing else, well, just as much that's going to be kind of getting boring after a while. We need everybody, so don't get me wrong. But just because we're not into that as writers doesn't mean that you know we don't appreciate that. Because I do. I publish that stuff a, a, a great deal, oh, yeah. and I, I certainly don't. I certainly don't make fun of it. But if we're going to be honest, and, and this is really what's important, yes, Mr. Haiku writer, I love this poem. But no, I will never write this poem as long as I live. I don't have the connection like you do. God bless you. But I have my thing, and you have your thing. Yeah, uh, we all we all have our niche, and I respect uh, I respect anybody who puts the words to paper, even if I don't. It, no matter no matter what, even when I get stuff and maybe I pass on it. I mean, it's I, I respect anybody for you know having the guts to send working because it's not easy it's not easy being vulnerable and doing that and it's you know i have they every writer has my respect you know i i definitely you know it's like you said i'm not putting down anything we just kind of have what we you know i have my niche and i know what it is <laughs> and it, it takes me a long time to kind of find it so i'm just real happy with what i do that's the thing i'm not you know 
I don't, I'm definitely not putting myself in the corner because I enjoy being where I'm at and, and doing the stuff that I do. And, and because I can always switch it up. And if I want to, you know, write a poem, I can write a poem. If I want to write a little piece of fiction, I can do that. And I, I enjoy what I do. So it, that, that's another key is, you know, don't, don't create something that you, that's going to end up, you know, it seems fun at first, but then it, it's, it's going to become a, a shtick almost that you have to maintain all the time. That that's you know, and there's a lot of writers who've done that a million times over, and then after a while, it just it seemed like the the antics became bigger than the, you know, the actual work itself. Once it's it's sad, but that's the, you know, there's a million cases of people I admire who did that. I mean, um, very very famous writers for that for that matter. Uh, I can't imagine that. Once I mean, you know, I definitely write about some wild stuff sometimes. Yeah, I know because I'm I'm re I'm reading it sometime late at night and I'm going, what in the hell I just read? Holy moly! I wasn't expecting that. Where the hell did this dog come from? I'm like, you be kidding me. Yeah, yeah, the talking dog. <laughs> sometimes, well, it's a good laugh. He doesn't really talk. I promise that. I I I would probably be on a America's Got Talent if my uh if my dog spoke, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that's a story. <laughs> just to, that, to let people in on that. That's definitely a story. That, that's oh, also yeah. that, that's also a bottle empty too, because uh, when you oh, empty yeah. a bottle, your dog will be talking to you for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> there's 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 been uh, yeah I, I do like my cocktails, but I'm, I'm not a but you know I'm not. I've definitely done a lot of crazy stuff, but uh, yeah, it's it's all in there. It's fun. I just try to I try to give people a good laugh and entertain. Because sometimes it's with, like with my writing, like say when you have Neptune in there. If you look at my latest book, once we know who put that out, Once Upon a Nervous Breakdown, got to plug it. Um, it. You know, you got to write like Neptune. That is deep. That has that has great depth in it. At least I think so. Well, you can't, to me, I don't want to just have one style in what I do. I don't want to just keep this one kind of, it'd be like a, you buy an album and it's all slow songs from beginning to end. I want to mix it up. So sometimes when you go real deep, you need to kind of lighten things up, you know. This is a, So that's why I do those kind of, those rights where, where I pick it up and get people laughing. And sometimes it's dark humor that just makes people really laugh. You think it's going to be, it would be kind of depressing if I didn't, turn it around sometimes and I don't want to do that. I want people to generally have fun and enjoy the experience, you know. I I agree. I've had to counsel a few writers on, on things like that to 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 remind them that <laughs> that a book of poems is just not you throwing in a whole bunch of credits that you got over the last couple of years and like I got a book. It still has to have a certain uh I, I guess you could say a theme or something that really connects things together it still has to have a kind of a personality or even a persona and and it definitely has to have enough of a of an ebb and flow that the person yeah. is not is is not always laughing or always crying or or, or no. maybe always falling asleep i mean you've got to be able to mix it up as much as possible and you do that from the outset of understanding how a book is put together. Some writers don't really feel that the same way, and it takes practice for them to to get mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's a, somebody has to just tell them that. Hey, you got to try it this way, which I've done before. That, that's a big thing uh, for me, and and of course, uh, a good friend of mine uh, who I, I talk about all the time at the press, uh, Ryan. You know, we 
we kind of um I look at them like just like people look at them like a, like a good album, you know. It, you really have to. There has to be a flow. There's almost a rhythm to things. And once you can find it, you because you know when you get the people laughing, then you you take them deep, and then you you know you take you take them for a ride. And and I think with at least with my own books, I really take a lot of time. Like I move slow. I'm not. I don't produce books quickly. I I, I try to take as much time as possible and go over it. So that the experience, at least I hope, the reader really enjoys it and it sticks with them. It's not just, you know, I never just just slap words together and then here you go. It's I've never done that. But therefore, it does take a lot of time. Sometimes maybe I take too long, but it, it makes me happy. You know, you have to you have to really please yourself. But I do try to think about how, how the reader's experience is going to be, you know, because I, I take a lot of time with what I do. And I know a lot of people do, but. It, it is there is an art into putting a book together i really do believe that because the best ones that you read you know they connect with you and they know how to pace it and it, it's it's uh it's something that people really you really need to pay attention to when you when you do these things at least i believe and the best people and the i've read a lot of really incredible uh writers they just they they get it you know they just did something that's unspoken but it just they always get that you know how it how it's supposed to, to go so i've kind of learned from the best i guess well there's and, definitely there's definitely a, a, an art to it no 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 doubt about it but yeah. keep keep in mind folks that when we're talking about personality and we're talking about persona these are not the only major forces in, in, in writing. We're talking about those two because we see them a lot. Uh, we encounter them a lot when we own when I write ourselves. And, and we're also editors. So I would say the majority of the stuff we receive are, are in those two categories. Of course, there's plenty of other writing out there that are not in either one of those categories. A perfect example is a haiku. You're not going to find a haiku that has a personality or a persona. It's a no. it's a it's a nature poem. It, it's stating something interesting in in a clever way. Sometimes it has a little Zen wisdom in there. Sometimes it, you know mm -hmm. hitting you with a fortune cookie over the head. That, that's all great, but it doesn't have that. And, and so it's it is outside of that. And we're not saying that these are the only two things that you should do, or these are the two things that you should strive to do, or, or these should be your goals. But by bringing these up into the show, we are reminding people that. When you do something, whatever it is that you choose, whether you choose mm. personality or persona, like anything in life, it's going to have the pros and cons. One of the problems I found with people who write a lot about and pace on personality is oftentimes over the course of them writing and getting published, they, they sort of develop something in terms of people kind of getting a better idea of maybe a little bit who that writer actually is. Sometimes people are not very comfortable with that. I've had writers say in defense, well, in the end, that's really not me. I'm just a, just a writer. And I'm like, dude, huh? You're doing this for seven years now. Shut the hell up. You, you, that's who you are, okay? You, you, can't take it, you can't take it back now. Too bad, okay? Yeah, that's the way it no. is, all right? You should have thought about that before, okay? I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I do this yeah. all the time, and I have to live with whatever people are going to say. And I go, I don't back off. I'm like, hey. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes I could be crotchety. Yeah, sometimes I, I view things yeah. in a blunt way. Yeah, sometimes it could be a bit cynical. But there's <laughs> other, other times where we, we live in a society so full of two-faces and so full of <laughs> fence-sitters and full, full of bullcrappers 
that you mm-hmm. might need my you might need my bluntness once in a while because I'm not interested in being any of those people. Yeah, no, it's it's uh that that's a that's a complete truth right there. You know, it's uh you know when you when you you pick up a when you pick up a book and you read me that you know that's there's it's that's me. It's not all just uh me trying to put out this kind of persona that it that's you know who I am to a degree. Yes, that's one facet or one side definitely and uh but i'm happy with that you know <laughs> it's you, people generally you know they think they pick up a book and they think they know you but you know, that's in a way that's good at least it connects at least they're they're enjoying it that's that's my main thing you know i don't want to that's not my goal to make people miserable or anything and i think you're right that if they read even two of your books, and I know you have you have three out and and obviously mm-hmm. more to come, but it, it it is it is fair to say that they're gonna know something about you. I mean, it doesn't yeah. say I, I know all John Patrick Robbins because I got all three of his books. I got him <laughs> down now. I'm not saying that, but you you can't you, you can't just say uh, none of this is me inside of that because that's that's crap too, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, you know, I I just uh, I mean, besides the humor, I do go deep. That's the thing. I'm not just I'm not just giving you a bunch of jokes and goofy things, and I will completely turn the tables on you. And and that's the I I like to you know that but that that's me. That's who I am as a as a writer. Anybody who knows my work, you know, they 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 basically you're kind of like endearing yourself to people, and and that's good because then they they become almost invested in what you're doing. And I'm, and I'm lucky and I'm very fortunate that there are people who generally like my work, follow me from project to project. So I, I like that, you know, and that's, and I'm very grateful for that because they don't have to, you know, <laughs> just cause you put out a book. Don't mean they got to go grab it, but no, I you know, know. You no, hope they do. a little bit of everything. It really does. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I tell you folks that I think it takes, I think it takes more creative gravity to produce and maintain the persona than it does the personality. It, it simply takes mm-hmm. more. And uh, one of the uh, the more fascinating things about uh, John is, um, I mean, he can even mock himself. And, and, and I don't mean it in, in like a tongue-in-cheek in a way. <laughs> I read some stuff where I'm like, I can't even believe he said that about himself. Because I'm looking at myself when I'm reading this, and I'm looking at my writing, and I'm like, uh, yeah, in 36 years, I can't find a damn thing close to what he just said right now, because I can't even go there. I'm just not who I am. Um, but I'm yeah. like, holy moly! So it, it, yeah. it takes it, it takes a, a real a real bit of of courage to to do that. But in a way too, it, it it's a kind of a a, a talent to to say uh, I'm going to include this in in this project. I'm going to you know envelop this inside this particular you know poetic. Uh, you know, a vehicle which could just be one poem, and 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 let that and let that ride, because this is part of my strategy and this is part of my philosophy and and in a way this is part of my personality. It's it makes it makes you stand out and in my opinion stand up a lot more than most people are, are willing to do. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I appreciate it. it's not you know it's not it's just. How I, you know, with with my writing, as you know, because I mean, in their their books are right there. So um, I just it's just how I write. I don't. I, sometimes people 
the last one, like, how do you go? So it's just how I, you know, I always have done, but I do like to pick on myself. That's one thing <laughs> I like to do. I mean, you can't be kind of like picking on everybody else and never once look at yourself. I probably, you know, rip me more than anyone else. You know, I, I, in my writing, there's a lot of, I don't just sit there and, um, by no means do I sit there in my words and, act like oh i'm fantastic and you know just no i'm, I'm always very sarcastic <laughs> that's one thing i would say they're a big part of my humor is sarcasm and uh, so you know it's it, it takes a lot and then of course you go deep it takes you know but you know that's that's probably why you don't see books from me every two weeks it's not easy <laughs> so, uh, sometimes no. you know no. sometimes you're, you're, you don't want to go the... there You'll read some poem. You'll read some poems from this guy, and you're like, "Oh, um, it's probably gonna be another six months before he writes anything." Because uh, can he recover from this poem right here? I mean, oh my God! So, <laughs> really, it's the truth. So, yeah, you, you look at it, go, uh, "This is this is like some real stuff over here." There's, there's YouTube, and then there's freaking John Tube. Okay, so <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> he's in his own class because I, I i used to think and, and i don't know maybe i was just being cocky but i used to think before i met john that you know i was a pretty candid fellow i mean i always felt that i was and then i then i read john i'm like man i'm i'm like i'm in the closet i think or something over here what the hell <laughs> it, it's not you you are so you know what you you're right like i said i am a big fan of it because i i think you you people they get you and whether you or not they're uh they that's what i said that's what always cracks me up because i know that uh i think you could go out there and do humor better than i can just because I, you don't get how funny sometimes you can be even even when we're doing this show and you you make an analogy that cracks me up that i have to really catch myself because i don't want to get into a laughing spell so <laughs> you know we it's just that way i don't know it, it's I, when when uh, sometimes I do that though, it's it's the truth. When people read the real deep ones, it's like a Neptune. I couldn't produce that every every single day. That was a very deep write, and that but see that was really really personal. That wasn't that was something different when I wrote it. That was a little bit like every now and then you go really really deep, and then you're like, oh, you know, like a Nick something. <laughs> so it was, that yeah, was a little. Yeah. Uh, that was a little bit of a change. It was a different change. It definitely took me back, and and because I like you know I like your writing. I I like the uh, the whole story to it all. I like the rough and readiness of it all because I know that it has a lot of a lot of grit and a lot of candor to it, and and a lot of a lot of real honesty to it. Some of it's sad, and and, and some of it's just you know hilarious. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of John's poems. You you can't put in that category of, of the Neptune poem. Mainly because you can tell on some poems where the persona is kicking in and he's just making fun of the dog and, and himself and the whole world. Where <laughs> Neptune is not about that. Neptune is about no. sit down in this chair. I'm going to tell you what's going on. Okay. And if yeah. you cry, I'm going to give you a, a tissue after you cry, but you're going to sit your ass down here and listen to this. And it's just, it's not the same thing because you, you're like, boom. So I, I knew that was like straight from the heart. I mean, without having mm -hmm. to sound cliche, that sometimes things really are straight from the heart, which is not an easy thing for a writer to do regardless because you can't do it every time. He's right. 
he's not going to be able to run over and say, hey, Mark, give me a good compliment. I'm going to go write 17 more Neptunes. It doesn't, yeah, no. it doesn't work that way, folks. <laughs> it would be great, but it doesn't. That's just the way it is. I'd run out of planets eventually, so yeah. I've written, I've written so many. I've written so many poems that I, I literally have flash drives of poems I haven't even seen in like twenty years. Okay, I mean it's it's past a thousand, and I, I swear yeah. to you, folks, by telling you this, I'm not trying to impress you because I'm not actually that impressed. And the reason why I'm not that impressed is because I can probably count on my hand over a thousand poems where there's a couple that that truly get me as wow, I feel that if I drop dead tomorrow, this is the poem that can, you know, this is the poem that can speak about me. I feel this has my most best thoughts and my best writing. I mean, out of a thousand. So it's extremely hard, you know, to get that home run when all the crowd is watching. You're just going to get a base hit once in a while. You have to live with that. Yeah, it's a... Uh... <laughs> It's it, with yeah with with that uh, poem in particular that was just, it was just there really wasn't a blurred line at all that was just complete just uh and to be honest and and I probably never said this but I was not a big fan of that one when I did it because I was like well it's it's just so I don't see what sometimes you worry you can even anybody second guesses themselves and I do too I don't know why people think I don't but I do. You think is this going too personal? Because that was it was. Uh, there's so much. There was just truth in that, and it was just. It was not any. It wasn't. Definitely was no persona. That was just. That was you know me and 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 in that headspace at that time. So it was. Yeah, I was really a bit uncomfortable, and that's good sometimes. It's good to make yourself uncomfortable and push your. Your, your limits because I think that's Some, sometimes that's where the best best work is going to come from uh, John and, yeah. and folks out there so keep that in mind to not be too darn nervous about that and and not, and not gonna and I'm not gonna mock you by by saying that you shouldn't be afraid sometimes when you put something together if mm-hmm. if, 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 if if it should be out there or not because you do have to take your own counsel about what you're comfortable with I mean, because in the end, you should never be in a situation to where, oh my God, they accepted that poem, but I'm frightened of it. I mean, that's you should be excited when something gets accepted, not like disgusted. So that means that whenever you send something out there, you need to be comfortable with it. And if you're not, then don't send it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with put it to the side for a while until you feel maybe this is the day I want it out there. Maybe this is the day I need to make some alterations to it or whatever. But I can tell you one thing, though. I'm at the aerial chart my uh, literary journal and i've mm. had day i've had days where i'm like you know this friggin world is just so full of lies and and deceits and and, and two faces and and, and cowardly yeah. people and people who don't want to take a stand on anything because they're afraid of this and they're afraid of that and i'm like it's nice to get something in once in a while that just says i don't care about that crap this needs to be said i'm not interested in hearing that this is what should be said this is what should be written. This is the message that should be out there. Sometimes, as long as it, it still has that, you know, that poetic essence, it has that literary structure, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to publish that because I like to see something like that out there because you're not going to see it on the news. You're not going to see it in friggin' yeah. Vogue. You know what I mean? You're not even going to see it in the academic magazines. I mean, they're, they're about as soulless as the rejection letters they send out to people. And then they wonder why nobody takes them seriously. I'm like, Really? <laughs> There's 10,000 people yeah. in this college, and there's like four souls. What the hell does that tell you? Not a whole lot of yeah. souls there going on there, you know? 
and, 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 and the souls that are in that college, they're probably three janitors mm-hmm. and the cafeteria lady. That, that's probably who has a soul in that place. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's weird how some of those those uh, those journals, mags, they they kind of operate like that. I, I, you know, and, and you take a. You take a lot of, you know, you take a lot of risks and stuff. That's another thing I, I really admire about your journal is that you do. That sometimes you give chances to, you know, a lot of a lot of really really talented writers that I've, I've discovered there and had the pleasure reading that are, you know, that you some of these other places, you know, they they haven't given the chance and that's what I try to do with with uh with the whiskey and in particular and. Sometimes people just need the, the door open, and I, then all these other places are kind of, you know, they this act like they discovered something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been my hope that that will happen because it's yeah. just so it's so easy to preach that. But uh, I mean, because I've heard other editors and editor groups write all about this and preach all this, and then I look at the magazine, I go, really, you're producing your same friends, the same academic idiots that we're talking about over here. Where the hell mm-hmm. is all the stuff about trying to get some new writers? I don't see any new writers over there. So I'm like saying to myself, you know, I'm not even going to talk a lot about this. I'm just going to simply practice it and hopefully it goes out there and, and, and helps people. And that's it. Why even talk about it? Just just practice it. So that's literally what I do, mainly because some people mm-hmm. deserve deserve a chance. And I, and I tell people all the time because, you know, I got a couple of people that have asked me before. I'm not going to name names at the behind the scenes. I don't even think it's an illegitimate question. Hey, Mark, what do you think about me ever getting those awards or not? I'm like, remember, I'm, I'm taking you to you're just starting out. You're doing well. That all takes time for you to get to the kind of depth that mm-hmm. these folks are going to have. But in the meantime, you got some credits. You can go out there and keep trying to do this and keep practicing. They have done all yeah. of that already, and they, you know they're ready for something like this. But this is where it all starts from. And, and that it's okay to have those questions and you know tell folks that. But, you know, it, it's just... Why do we exist as editors and, and as the constructors and the creators of these literary journals if all we're trying to do is just put the top 100% writers in there all the time and, and then say, I have the greatest? Uh, I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean because what about all the other folks that are trying to learn that they actually have something to say? They might not have been worthy for a push card yet, but it doesn't mean they're not worthy to get published. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That is the thing with a lot of um places. I'm not like putting anybody down, but there's a lot of places that will, they'll they'll kind of go the safe route sometimes, and there is a safe route when you go with people who've been in everywhere, and then you get a submission, you just overlook this because they haven't been, they don't have this huge uh, you know, string of credits. Once doesn't really, it's never influenced me. It's the work that influences me. Because I just, you know, if somebody, and it's really, I always like uh, publishing writers that just don't, they're either new to everything or they only have a few places they've been in because it's just really cool because I like to shine a light on people that, you know, and, and, and you see them take off. There's, there's a lot that just, they just, they just need the door open sometimes. And, and I've been fortunate because people did that for me when I was, like yourself, I was, when I was first, uh, Getting back to writing, I wasn't. It's not that I just all of a sudden started writing, um, but when I was getting back to writing, I uh, there was a few people who took a chance with me, and that sometimes that's what you need. Because I 
you know, before I had gotten to Aerial Chart, I'd had quite a few publications kind of either because places go out of business and it happens, it's life. And then, you know, you took, you took the chance and next thing you know, I had gas pumped out and, you know, things, the, the door, sometimes you just need that kind of, that, that kind of light shine on you. And it, it, it really is a really important thing. And, uh, yeah, because you see these other mags that they just kind of, it's just the same exact people, every issue they do. <laughs> to me, to me, I, I find that troubling because again, yeah. how are you calling yourself an editor when you're doing that? You must just call yourself a repeater. Yeah, I repeat this from episode six. I repeat this from. It's really that's all it is. It's repeating, repeating, repeating. How are you an editor? Yeah. Editor is about welcoming in new stuff, about judging what you've done before. Maybe you want to do something different. That's what it's mm -hmm. all about, and it's also about giving some people some good advice when you have to reject them. And giving somebody a pat on the back when they deserve it. Some of the greatest things we do as editors. Yeah. And as you know, the job can be hard and, and in between. It's not always that great or wonderful. But some of the greatest <laughs> things we do is welcoming new people that haven't gotten that shot before. I mean, I've had a lot of people that, that the credit of Aerial Chart is their first credit. And and then, of course, given some of those writers that have been around a while, they, they deserve that recognition out there, some kind of nomination for something. Those yeah. are some of the some of the greatest and the best things we do for for people, is to to try to help strengthen and build the artistic community as much as possible, you know. And yeah. I think that um, too many times, uh, you know, this uh, title this title editor, you know, is it, just being misused because. I, no, I agree. I, I, again, if you're sending a rejection letter that didn't come from you, it's just some standard thing you had typed up someplace. You know, you, you, you're not you're not an editor. Maybe you're Ed McMahon and you're sending them like the, the five million dollar uh, friggin prize thing. So maybe they might win one day, but you're not an editor. No. OK, if you're not trying to help people, if you're not trying to bring on some people new that are on board, you know, you're not editing anything. OK, you're just a glorified judge, you know, and maybe sometimes less than that, because some of these places, they have like nine assistants. So the guy just mm -hmm. has a title and he's sitting in a desk someplace. You know, <laughs> he'll he'll write some editorial in the magazine. Yeah. You know, puffing about something that he doesn't even practice himself. You know, like my favorite thing is, magazines should have more people who are minority in it. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. But how about you first start with having some of those folks on your staff? Because I cannot believe how many these magazines, everybody in the magazine is white, and all they talk about is how they want diversity. Well, you got to start from where you're at first, folks. <laughs> Don't preach that crap until you actually practice it, okay? Preach yeah. it and practice it. That's what you like to do. Because unlike me, yeah. okay, who really doesn't have anybody that's diverse on my staff, we have a diverse amount of people that we publish from all over the world. Africans yeah. and Indians and Asians, gay people, straight people, transgender people i mean all kinds of folks over there if i can get a, somebody if i can get a cat to write a damn poem i would publish that if i thought it was good okay all over yeah. the place and why do we do this <laughs> we do this because we want the best writing possible we want people to have a chance to have a venue out there to experience things you know to, to start exploring themselves in the world and they can't do that in some of these magazines because they get put into this funnel of you know um you're not this, or you don't have enough credits that, or you didn't go to this college, or, you know, um, 
your poem is really, really good, but we found two punctuation errors, so we're going to reject it. I mean, I get people telling me this all the time. What? And you get, they actually get a, a little side note. Yeah, it's a couple words we're concerned about, so, you know, maybe you get us next edition. What the hell is that? Yeah. You, you, when you're doing these soaks, you, you, you're, just, you're just not an editor. You know, you're just, yeah. a, you're, just a, you're just a cruel, practical joker, and I don't really find any of this funny. No, no, it's not. I think uh, on a complete side note of there with the rejections, the funniest rejection that I ever got, and this is when, when it was mailing out, you know, because it's yeah. not always, there wasn't always electronic submissions, as people, as you know. Yeah, and what we talk no. about that. Oof, people probably listening to the show going, Really? You gotta put stamps on crap? Holy moly. Yeah. I remember getting some rights back and on it and I'm I can't remember the name of the magazine, but on it there was a card and I thought, Oh, what 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 is this? It was a rejection card. I'm serious. It had, you know, we we're passing on this and the guy would sign them. And that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I've still got it somewhere. Because that's hilarious, a rejection card. It wasn't even, <laughs> he couldn't even write out a rejection. He just signed it, you know. <laughs> so that, I, I was, wish, that was hilarious. I wish I could have got that because then that one right there, I would have pooped in a small box and I would have mailed it directly to him after I signed a card. Yeah. <laughs> this is what that's I a, think. That's a true story. <laughs> Amazing I haven't written about that one, but yeah, you never know. It'll be down the road. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. And that was when I was really uh, first sending out. And, you know, that's always kind of a train wreck of a time. Because when you were mailing them, like, it was just, I, it's, people complain now. And to me, it's a hundred times, in some ways, a hundred times better and a hundred times easier mm -hmm. than when you're waiting for, sometimes you didn't even get the stuff back. You know, it, <laughs> it was like, it was, a, it could be brutal then. Um, I think I think it's uh, it's a lot better now and a lot easier in my opinion. Just yeah, uh, be like, nice submissions I, are I great. Literally, I literally covered this on the, on that publishing uh, episode I did, the last episode I did, oh. and we talked we talked a little bit about you know how it mm -hmm. used to be and how things are a little easier. And I don't really understand the complaints. So you know, <laughs> no, I, I challenge no. you folks to try to find a few places to actually accept them in, in the mail now and try to do that for a couple times, and you'll find how daunting it is. You know, yeah, you got to blow your ink cartridge. You got to like, you know, you got mm -hmm. to mail the envelope. You got to have stamps. You got to actually write the address because unless you have a label maker, you're going to be writing all damn day. Mm -hmm. so you thought you were a writer before. Yeah, you're a writer of envelope addresses. That's what you're a writer of. And mm -hmm. that's what we used to have to do on a regular basis. Uh, trust me, it, it was like a, a side business in itself just doing that. Yeah, it, it was, and it was daunting, and, and that's why people who really, who did that regular, it, it, it took a lot of, you know, it took a lot of dedication, and it's still, everything takes dedication, but it, it was just a different beast. It really was. I, I, I love electronic submissions. I don't say that much. I'm a big fan of them. Folks, so. back in those days, especially with plays, when I was starting as a playwright, Oh, my God. I mean, because it's not like uh, you put two poems in the mail with an envelope with one stamp and that's it. You know, plays are going to be anywhere between 50, 15 and 50 pages sometimes for a decent-sized play. And lots of times they'll say, uh, we want two copies for each judge. 
So now you're putting an envelope out there that might have 50, 60, 70, 100 pages in it. You put it in the mail, it's costing you like $3. And if you want to do this a couple of times to a couple of places, I mean, you're out $20 already. And you don't even know what's going to happen. It could be months on end to hear anything. And in those days, you'd actually time what you would even get a, a mail back. They would actually give you a phone call. Like I got a phone call from off Broadway. Hey man, we're ready to do this. Can you come on next week to check out the, uh, you know, the rehearsals and everything? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. And you're putting the phone down, going, I don't even know if I could be there on my schedule or not, but I'm gonna do whatever the hell I can to get there. But it, it just that's how it happened. It was just so different than now. No one ever phone call you. Yeah. If you get a phone call from editor, he's probably gonna give you a hate message or something. Yeah, that is strange. And a lot of people do include. I mean, I, I, they will include their phone numbers and stuff. And I've like I've never I've never called anybody to <laughs> tell them I'm going to publish them. I, you know, if you send me an email, I will usually email you back. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. I I definitely am far from perfect, and you know that's why I make fun of myself. But no, it is weird sometimes though when you when you I, get those. <laughs> I got I got um, four plays produced, and they were the first four plays that got produced out of all the plays that got produced. And those first four, every one of them had a phone call. Mm-hmm. Two from New York and, and, and then three from Kansas. But they all called mm-hmm. So it's wow. unusual. And we didn't have cell phones back then. So it'd be on the, I get home and it'd be on the on the voicemail with the light blinking. And you don't know who the hell it is, you know? You don't know if it's your crazy brother saying that, you know, he got hurt in a hockey thing and go visit him at the hospital. Or if it's somebody saying, Deet! this is a playwright in Kansas I'm like, holy moly. You know? mm. so yeah, that, just, that's uh, a different, different beast. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and then the ones that, the, but the ones I sent international, they would they would contact you back by uh, by the mail. You wouldn't get any phone call there. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, incredibly different than it, than it is right now. So I don't really understand some of the complaints. But I do understand that as a writer – we're always going to have them for, for whatever reason. Sometimes we just have them because, and I feel, and I'm going to actually have a show about that, that sometimes we have complaints as writers because we haven't yet to figure out how to adjust our expectations about certain things, whether it's rejection or publishing or even how uh, family members will take it. You know, I know how many writers that tell me I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a family that supposedly loves me and all they do is mock what I do in the most vicious way. Kind of hard to feel <laughs> loved that way when somebody's saying, why don't you stop doing that because you're not going to get paid, you're going to probably be homeless, and I don't really want you hanging around my house after you're 21. I mean, they, you get you hear people say that. I'm like, what the heck? Real great support system. Yeah, and the writer, the writer who told me that told me in the most sincere manner in the email that was like they could have made a poem or, or a piece of writing out of the email. It was so elegant. Pretty much saying, yeah, this was the guy for like 15 to 16 years. Couldn't be any more supportive about anything. And, and mm-hmm. I always felt that loved me. But apparently, uh, unless I was going to be a lawyer, he just said to hell with it. Really? You want to be a writer? You want to be a lawyer? You're an idiot. Bye. <laughs> And the writer's yeah, like saying to himself, "Did that was that my father? Was that his imposter? Am I an idiot? Uh, am I breaking his heart? Uh, am I not following my own? I mean, this is what this is the pressure that people face in everyday life, not just writing, just in everyday life. And this is why you have when you meet some people sometimes and you find them to be miserable, 
Oh, you find them to be depressed. So you might even find them on the edge of alcoholism or even drug use. It's because <laughs> oftentimes they in their personal lives have been bullied by somebody or somebodies into things they yeah. didn't want to do or relationships they didn't want to be in or jobs they didn't give two craps yeah. about. And now they're stuck and they're like, what the hell am I going to do? Because I hate what I'm doing. I now sort of hating the people that supposedly love me. And I don't know what the hell to do to get out of any of this. So I'm going to drink and, you know, be a jerk. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a plan to me. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, there you go. There, there's you gotta, the whole you thing. Gotta, you, you got to feel sorry about people about something like this. I mean, I, I, there's, yeah. certain, there's certain aspects of suck love I don't like to go into. So I don't like to go to the far point of, well, shit, you should have made some better choices, so that's too bad you're yeah. in that situation. How about you make some choices to get out of it and have a good day? I don't like to go yeah. that far because there is there is some, some sensitivity to that situation for a lot of people, and we should have some measure of compassion. Now, don't get me wrong. The guy's complaining for 10 years and he hasn't done anything. I mean, I'm kind of out of compassion at that point, okay? I'm going to go yeah. back to the... I'm going to go back to the trim poem where I'm telling somebody to go, you know, shut the F up. You know what I mean? That's at that point, you know, but, you know, in the beginning, when in the beginning, when people are really starting to understand, wow, I have painted myself in the corner because of the choices that I've made or I let people yeah. pull me into certain things. Now, what the hell do I do? It, to me, it, it's like that moment of truth that now they got to figure out what to do. But now at least they understand what's going on. And then you just hope they do things right. Sometimes you meet up with them and they haven't. They actually got more cowardly. So I mean, and other times they they, they just they change it all. Said the hell with it. But I tell you, folks, if you're in one of those situations, okay, from my own experience and from plenty of others that have known, what you'll find out is you might be alone for a while when you make better choices, but you'll be happier. And guess what? Yep. More times than not, some of those idiots will come around. And guess what? I know this sounds really weird. But you'll find later on they have more respect for you than they did before. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, like, sticking to your guns is not the easiest thing to do, but, you know. It's not. And, and another thing is that, that people, I mean, anybody who, you know, listens to this is most likely writing. But, you, you know, it's not an easy road. I mean... It's just not when you when you say you want to be. I know when I it's the funniest thing I can remember. Um, <laughs> another story, but um, a friend of mine I was working on I was building a house as a matter of fact, and um, a buddy of mine was like, "Yeah, man, you know." He had kind of heard because a boss of mine had known I'd been submitting work and nothing was getting published, and and I'm thankful it didn't because at first it wasn't good. It just it took time. But, uh, you know, heard that I was a writer and just, you know, just like busted up laughing. I was like, man, I could, they, it's not an easy road. It's not a, you know, it's not, it, when you make that choice, it sounds probably crazy to people. But then, you know, once you, you know, get stuff published, people start seeing, you know, they're going to, it's not going to be, I don't know too many people, they're going to just say, oh, that's a fantastic choice. <laughs> You <laughs> can be a writer, you know. I it's it's a it's a it's a hard it's a hard road. It really is. But it, it really it really is. And artistically, almost anything that people want to do in in this modern world can be quite mm -hmm. quite difficult. I remember when I was on doing a a play off Broadway, and I'm talking mm -hmm. to the, the the actress, 
And uh, at first, she didn't want to talk to me because she just felt that I was going to be hitting on her because she was pretty and had long legs and everything else. But, you know, I'm the playwright, and I like to talk to the actors and, and the actresses because uh, I'm vested that they do the damn thing right because if it comes out okay, you know, I got another chance to do this again. So uh, I'm not really there to hit on anybody or even care about that aspect. But once she started letting her guard down, you know, she had realized that, you know, by having that interaction, it made her a better actress and it helped me become a, a better playwright. But also, <clears throat> she started realizing, too, that that interaction that she had on the artistic level, she wasn't going to get anywhere else. Because, I mean, she confessed later on, we all went out to have some coffee and everything, and, and she said, yeah, my parents think I'm a, I'm a half a whore because I'm an actor uh, that, that's in something they never heard of before and, and I'm not in some big TV show they could brag to their friends about. So yeah. she, she got she got a father asking her if she's a drug addict. Her mother's asking her if she's hooking on the corner. She's like, I'm in this I'm in this theater house doing this play by this guy. How about you stop by and stop asking these stupid questions? They were yeah. nowhere to, they were nowhere to be found. Yeah. So it, it's hard. It's a hard life for any of this sort of uh, person that wants to do this because uh, they have to um, somehow find a way to move forward when no one believes. And they have to somehow find a way to move forward and believe themselves. It's two different things that are important, but they're also equally difficult. Yeah, it, it, it is. And but I had to say, if you really stick to it and and it's and it's what you want to do, it is really rewarding. But you know, nothing nothing is worth anything is to me just easy. So it's. Uh, it's it's worth it. It is if you really want to do this stuff. It's 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 so worth it. But yeah, that it is funny how people kind of you know they have the their degrees of what success is, and you know if you don't like if you talk about writing, what do most people always mention? You know, you're like, oh, you write books. Oh, like you know, so and so. I'm not going to name certain names, but you kind of get tired of hearing those names. It's like, no, not everybody writes about you know wizards and stuff like nothing wrong with that but you know yeah. <laughs> when no, no, no. i used to say i was going to be a writer or yeah. i was a writer that's the first thing oh you write books like yeah no i don't i don't write books like harry potter <laughs> i wish <laughs> that would be a little bit weird for me but hey <laughs> that that would be a good uh that would be a good uh, career choice there you know, you got to give it to people when they come up with an idea that takes off. And I don't have to like it and dig it. And if, if it connects with people on that kind of level, like, wow. <laughs> Obviously, I, I'm writing about the wrong stuff. I agree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay with anyone that's going to gonna make that successful. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I certainly yeah. don't have any problem with that. But, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the public sometimes... Uh, they, they yeah. look at everything in in that common denominator type of way. So you know, there's only enough room for, you know, um, the the Harry Potter lady and and Stephen King with his rabid dogs, or or the fifth the fifteenth incarnation on one of his books that we already saw seventeen thousand versions of. That's maybe number eighteen will be interesting. You know, uh, I mean, come on. Oh yeah, don't don't go after Stephen King, please. Remember that I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not going after him. I'm just saying it, though. I mean, how many versions do we do we need to have of these sort of things, okay? I mean, really. Yeah. If you were to add up all his books 
and all the movies that are made of his books, and you put them together like, side by side, there's like three or four that are worth anything. All the rest of them are like whatever. You know, that's just the truth. Oh anybody who's honest enough is going to say that. Hey, I'm glad he did that well, out there. I'm glad he's helped propped up the publishing industry. I'm glad he's helped give some other some people some some chances out there because that that's really some of his greatest achievements. It's not his novels, or just the fact that he was able to take off and, and really help a lot of people. I, I think that's that's wonderful, and he, he said the same thing as well. But it doesn't mean that each one of these things is some incredibly brilliant concept, you know what I mean? A rabid dog that bites you in the ass. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, this is an Einstein writing here, okay? You know? I, 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 bur I buried a cat in the evil cemetery, and it comes back to bite me in the ass. I mean, apparently, most of the books, you're getting bit in the ass. I mean, so, I mean, come on. Can we get something else here, okay? Uh, a book about vampires. Yeah, you're right. We never heard that before. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, how dare you insult my new, where I'm going with my new Frank Murphy book. I mean, he's obviously going to be a vampire. <laughs> and he's he's going he's gonna to turn into a teenager that, you know, has lived forever. Oh, wait, that's already been done. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, there. It's it, it's hard coming. Now, that's another thing. It's a hard coming up with an original, totally original idea. I think a lot of times things are just kind of like spinoffs almost nowadays. It, it's but, it's weird, and, and, and it know? is, and it is. So I, I don't want to like condemn it because <laughs> I don't. I actually own a few of his books. I like some of the older stuff. I thought was pretty uh, interesting, and and, that, and that's fine. Believe it or not, Stephen King is a better writer as a short story person than he is a novelist. His short stories, actually, yeah. some of them are fantastic, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, I was actually a big fan as a, as, a, as a kid. I actually liked that book about the cat that comes back and bites you in the ass. That's actually one of my favorites, so. <laughs> Clearly, I fell for it, well, but I was a kid then. That was a really it, great story. If you look at the first 15 books of his, it was obvious that as a typewriter, he just sat there and looked around and said, okay, I did the dead, the deadly dog. Let me do the deadly cat right now. Then I'll move on yeah. to the deadly house, the deadly cemetery, the deadly lizard, the deadly penis. I mean, he's got them all in there, you know? Eventually, he just got something else because he just ran out of stuff to look around in Maine or something, I guess. But um, yeah. that's yeah. what he did. And, and, you know, God bless him. But we do know that uh, one of his contemporaries from England named Clive Barker went, went on a, a, a writing streak of novels and short story collections that, that, are, that are not only spellbinding, but it shows you that we're not mm -hmm. out of, we're not out of ideas if we try to stick to the literary because Clive Barker is a much more literary writer than 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 Stephen yeah. King ever was you know and, and Clive Barker you're going to Longhorns you know what I mean with Stephen King you, you're stuck in McDonald's you know <laughs> well I was I was definitely um, a fan of Barker and and a fan got a lot of respect for for both I like a second respect for all writers but I mean Barker was a He's tremendous um, and definitely could take it into such a deep and strange way that was so, so unique. You know, it's like, uh, you know, like Lovecraft on steroids or something, you know, <laughs> continue, continue to love that guy. He does, does a, a lot of important work, uh, especially the, yeah. if you ever seen the movie Nightbreed, which is based on one of his short stories. Yeah, I mean, the, the concept is totally original. Hey, I never thought yeah. about that. Maybe the monsters are not the monsters, but the normal people mm -hmm. are actually the monsters. The people are the monsters, yeah. That's, that's that, that pretty, was a great film. That's, pre that's pretty <laughs> damn deep. 
I mean, it turns prejudice on its head. It, it lets yep. you still have some monsters and have some fun, and you don't have mm-hmm. to have cats and dogs biting you in the ass. Okay, it, it's 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 great. <laughs> wow, yeah, well, <laughs> that's just go. yeah. No, Nightbreed was a incredible uh, uh, story and incredible, and I always thought, and really one of those kind of like uh, uh, little cult gems because it is really a fascinating story in a completely different spin on uh, what you think of the monsters, like you said, and it's just to me uh, really fascinating. Cronenberg's well, in that movie, exactly. Just, but it, it helps that he's the one that directed it because. He actually knows what the hell he's doing in that genre. So he obviously read that and said, yeah, I can make yeah. something out of it. And and I thought by itself that that movie is, is to me, one of the one of the small masterpieces out there of uh, of, of taking a book or, in, in a sense, a short story and, and doing something really good with it. In fact, in, in many ways, I thought he was able to flesh out things in the movie that most people are not able to do with books. And and it's not. Yeah. I don't feel that it's always Stephen King's fault that sometimes these movies don't work well. I think sometimes they um, they forget that um, that Stephen King is a storyteller, and they just look for the prop and try to make a movie out of that rather than try to follow his story. So he kind of gets mm-hmm. robbed in that way, and that's that's unfortunate to him. But I give him I give him a lot of credit. He's important to what we've done in this world and in, in publishing. And and I, I give him credit as a, a man that was honest because if you ever notice, you pick up a Clive Barker book and it has Stephen King on there on the blurb saying this writer is better than I am now. I mean, it takes a lot to say something like that. Mm, well, they they definitely have a tremendous uh, amount of respect for each other, but you know, they and but the thing is, they're both legends. Really, they they've made it. You know, they've been they're hugely successful. So that that's a thing, and you know that's good because art really shouldn't be uh, uh, to me. It's not. This is not like a. This isn't really a competition. I mean, as long as you're doing what you're doing to make you happy, then you should really, you know, then why should you be uh, have animosity towards other people who are very good at, or even better at what you do? You should always be, you know, you should be praising these people, not you know trying to act like they're taking your spot. I mean, if you're a known entity, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It, it just shows that, you know, it, 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 when you boil it all down to it, that Stephen King it, it didn't really get caught up in the celebrity of things. He, he remained a writer, and, and that's what makes him, in my yeah. opinion, important, just because of his attitude <laughs> to other writers and his attitude even to to readers. He, he's always mm-hmm. trying to be a, a, a humble, decent guy, and, and he always yeah. admitted it in his interviews. I'm not trying to be literary. I like the commercial aspect of things. This is where I feel the most comfortable of that. And, and he's probably right. Yeah. That's, where, that's where he should be at. And he was he was smart. Well, yeah, you look at, at, at I mean, there's quite a few. Uh, you can watch the, the Q&As and lectures he does uh, on YouTube where he is just, uh, I think he's so open with his process and everything else. He's just a really down-to-earth guy. And that's what's so, to me, really cool about him. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't hold back whatsoever. He doesn't mind sharing his process and the way his, his, you know, my, you know, mind ticks. And that's a, that's a really cool, you know, side to him, I think. And, uh, you know, he's definitely hit him out of the park, though. People can like him or not like him. He's, you know, and that there again, there's almost like a weird, a weird person because he's done, commercials he almost had the hitchcock type thing going where he'd he'd make fun of himself 
you know, and that's what I, I, I do admire about anybody who doesn't take themselves that serious, even though they can be a dead serious writer, they could still laugh at themselves. And, you know, that, that shows a really cool side to people. It, it, it really does. And, uh, regardless of how literary he is or how much anyone thinks he's a giant in the field or not, I think in the end that, um, you know, he, he does writers proud and he's, he's probably carried the industry on his, on his back because for a while, yeah. for a while, you know, it was in the basement. So he came along. So, um, he probably propped up things yeah. for a quite, quite a couple of decades because, uh, he was able to really make a connection. And of course, Hollywood, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the good and for the bad have helped as well in you know in his regard but he's yeah. an interesting he's a very interesting fellow uh, that um he is uh, i would say uh, probably 100% uh, the persona writer because nobody really knows Stephen King no know, uh, as a personality we know him that sometimes he gets political you know and you hear it it sounds no different than the guy at the, you know the golf club talking nonsense so I can't take that serious, you know, and um, we've we've heard him a few times before talk about uh, the publishing industry and things he'd like to see improve and, and whatever he could possibly do. And he's tried to help. So we know that he's a serious writer and we also know that he takes it seriously. He's, he doesn't he's not jaded about it. But other than that, you know, nobody else knows very much more about him. He, he lives in Maine. He writes a lot about Maine. That's his that's a character for him. But a lot of writers have done that. There's a guy named John Stone. He always writes about Louisiana because that's where he's from. So, I mean, a lot of people do that, so that's nothing all that unusual. But other than that, um, you know, Stephen King is a prolific writer and really doesn't do a lot of travel and social. He just likes to write. I mean, it's just, he's just that's what he does. And lives in Maine and tries to does horror, but he's also done westerns and fantasies now. Um, we don't really know too much about him. He might be one of those guys that until he you know, dies or until something really interesting comes along as a biography, we, we might not know very much about him because he does not write in that kind of fashion. So in many ways, the man is more of a mystery than than, than his books. Yeah, yeah, but then again, that that's also, I don't know, it, it, to me it's good to have that kind of that buffer because you have what's out there and what you want people to consume or enjoy. And then you also have your privacy, which is a very good thing to have. You know, uh, <laughs> that's that's one thing that can, you know, as we, we work on uh, as editors, you, you sometimes, I know with me, I just, I get worn out just from not having that buffer sometimes. You know, so <laughs> I got respect for him. He can write and kind of hide away. You know, <laughs> that's kind of, that's really nice. That sounds That's very true. appealing. That is true. He, he, he does have that. He does have that sort of, uh, you know, semi-eminent. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's obviously uh, private, but also, I, I it's hard to tell, but I would I would guess that um, that's not on purpose. I, I think his style simply lends to persona. I don't think he's purposely trying to say, I don't want them to know who I am. I, I don't really think he's doing that. I think his his style no. is about pure characterization, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that. Yeah, that's definitely the that's definitely the, the, the truth. So I see it with with him that he's a that he is a unique character. I'll give him that. But I think almost every writer who is good at what they do is a character. I I mean, you know, 
<laughs> That's it. Like in the writers, I admired. You know, Bukowski, Hemingway, you know, Kerouac, Brodigan, all these guys are, you know, were real characters. I mean, (laughs) and a lot of times I think that kind of gets over, you know, they get kind of overshadowed, their work gets overshadowed, and how they were just, they were very, they lived big. What can I say? Yeah. (laughs) You know? It's one of of the weaknesses of being a personally... Uh, a writer that just simply writes a lot on per, uh, personality is because the more people get to know you, it doesn't mean that the more they're willing to accept anything new you write or anything interesting or whatever, they might just be done with that. So you have to always wonder how far you can go and, and how far you should go. And, and yeah. should, you, should you change or should you look at this or should you look at that? I'm happy to do so many different genres that I've never had to worry about that sort of thing. I'm just happy to do all different things and, and, and be content with that. But um, Vasana can also put you in that same situation because in the end, you know, um, yeah. people won't really know where you're coming from. They just know that you put out some interesting stories. And we do live in an age where it's harder to be private and people mm-hmm. want to know, know more. Sometimes they want to know more because that's what helps them push over the decision for them to purchase your item. I mean, that's just the way things are. It's why a lot of people do interviews for, for movies or for, for books or yeah. music, music and stuff like that. And they're usually giving something away. Yeah. I, I got six ham- hamsters at the house and, you know, I painted three of them pink because I want to celebrate breast cancer month. And uh, the other two, uh, you know, I don't really care about because, you know, they bit me and I'm not really happy with them. Uh, buy my yeah. book, you know. So people will do that almost like they have to give something away of a private nature in order for someone to feel, yeah, I think I'm ready to buy the book now. Or I'm ready to go see that movie. Or, <laughs> wow, that guy, was, that guy was a bit deep, a lot more than I expected. Otherwise, you, you, you can't get things done. So I think sometimes writers might have to you know, follow suit in some sort of fashion on, on that because uh, people don't want a complete mystery, you know? they uh, Sometimes they want, you know, a, <laughs> well, a, said, little, yeah. a little bit extra, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that, you know, <laughs> they read John's work and they're like, why did he vomit in this poem? You know, I mean, I, I don't think they're, they're going to always say that, but they might want to say, why the hell is this dog talking? And, you know, what happened to that girl? And, why does she keep yeah. breaking breaking his heart? And if he <laughs> if he is having his heart broken many times, is there anything left? Because according to this book here, it's been broken eighty nine times. How many more damn pieces are left? Much, so yeah. We don't know these. <laughs> we don't know any of these answers. They, they I don't know. know hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, they never have a call in feature to the show. That would that would be kind of bad. You'd probably learn I wasn't. You know. <laughs> We probably hear some very interesting stories. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll put the we'll put the off the uh, freaking wagon show on there. The sponsor, Crazy Glue, help put your heart back together. Yeah, yeah. No, it's you know, I think sometimes that that is another thing. If people do kind of like you as a as a personality or what, if they just enjoy, you know, I think most people who pick up my book pretty much think well this is a guy i could probably sit down and have a drink with or just you know shoot the breeze with and so you know it what for whatever reason that they (laughs) 
read my work or or pick up a book. I'm just grateful. I don't really know, you know. I I'm not. I just I'm just glad they're enjoying. It. And thus far they are. So and they continue to do so. So I don't I don't mess with the formula. I don't question it too much. And I wonder why they do because you know they're still doing it. So that's what's great to me. I'm just grateful for that. You know. I, <laughs> I, I can't figure out why they do. <laughs> I just write the stuff. No, so. I, I hear you. And, and, and to speak yeah. to others out there, especially writers that are listening, okay? I, I, I'm convinced more than anything else, not just from this show, but just things in life, that your better chance or making a connection with somebody is when you've learned to make enough of a connection with yourself that you feel comfortable to possibly release a few things that you normally wouldn't release in any other venue. Meaning that maybe you say something in a poem or an essay that you wouldn't be saying at the water cooler at the job. Or, or, or maybe maybe you're pushing something you feel very strongly about that it's not something you're going to talk in the church about. You know, or yeah. maybe at the dinner table. This is when you do this, although this is when you get the essence of going into art because you're starting to lend to it some of who you are, yeah. Whether that's your yeah. um, your feeling, your thoughts, your desires, your your fears, your or, or even even just your your dreams for a certain extent. That's how you transfer yourself from being the person with the pen and paper, or you know, your finger in the phone, or you know, on the laptop, or whatever. That's how you transfer from that into an actual writer, because you have to. I don't care what any mm-hmm. of these creative writer instructors tell you. You have to put a little bit of yourself in there if you want to create yeah. something that's interesting and new and that a reader can say, this is authentic. This person is doing something useful. I want to stick around and see what they do next. If you're not willing to do that and you think that writing is just a jumble of words and you put just some grammar program and now you got something wonderful, well, send that over to me, okay? Because mm-hmm. I can put that in my cat box. Because I won't be able to use it in the magazine, though. But at least it'll be worth something. Because it's not going to be worth anything else other than for the cat box. It's just not going to work. Because it doesn't mean anything when you're just doing it in such a hodgepodge way. Writing is supposed to mean something because it first has to mean something to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely uh, that's definitely true. It's got to got to be true to you and yourself uh, if it's going to, you know. If at least I think it has to be that way. I mean, I, no matter what, no matter if I'm being funny or whatever, I'm always true to myself. So uh, that's that's a, that's a very good point. And it really would help people if they start understanding that. It's a, the substance of my third show on Illuminated Path series is for a writer to start figuring out and start practicing. Getting mm-hmm. some of their getting some of their feelings out and some of their desires out and some of the things that maybe even haunt them at times, and I'm not saying that this is some sort of, you know, a form of of writing therapy. Although some people use it that way, what I'm saying is is that it's a very good basis for you to start becoming a better and, and a deeper writer is by doing this. I'm not suggesting that you need to do this for the next 50 years, but I am suggesting that it's a good way a good, honest way to get onto the path of creating some art that's going to mean something. And then from there, you'll gain some confidence and maybe you can go some different directions. No one says you have to do everything personal in there 
you know, in order to be a be a writer. And if you stop doing that, you're not a writer anymore. No one's even suggesting that. But it's a very good start to go there because it's going to help you feel about in yourself what you should do as writing. And then eventually, when you put it out there, people are going to are going to feel that too. They yeah. have to they have to feel something because you have to feel something. And when you don't, yeah. there's a good chance they're not either. It's just really that simple. Well, that's that's the truth. You gotta, you know, that's the part of connecting. I mean, if you just if you're not connecting, what are you doing? You're typing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't know if you got yeah. a chance to court that to catch that show I did on um, the thoughts of Octavia Butler, the the first uh, uh, black female science fiction novelist, and um, I, I saw a, a picture of one of the post-it notes that she did. Uh, because mm-hmm. she was a woman that saved everything. She has 39 cartons full of stuff. And she's dead already for a number of years now. That she saved yeah. from when she started writing to when she died. So literally mm-hmm. everything that she ever did was there. Okay, She put yeah. notes She put notes on her typewriter. Feel, feel, feel. <laughs> and she, she literally put notes. Feel, feel, feel. Think about the character. Da, 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 all over the damn house. On the typewriter and in her bedroom. Everywhere. Why did she do that? Because... Yeah. She was trying to remind herself even when she had those rough days, when she had days where she probably didn't even want to write, I can't forget to feel. Because if I forget to feel, I can't invest enough in this character to make the damn novel worth a damn, and who's going to want to buy it? And and she was living in, in, in a day where you can actually make some money doing that. And she did. Uh, but it just shows you what she was still doing. Even when she knew what she was doing, she still had to remind herself. So we have to remind ourselves and john and i in many ways are reminding you that whether you're starting as a writer or whether you've been doing it for a number of years if you stop feeling you really are stop writing yeah yeah it's it's you might as well do something else if you're not uh if you're not you know if you're not making people feel something if you're not connecting if you're not going deep if you're not doing you know if you're not doing something to evoke something, some kind of response out of people or even yourself, I just don't know what you're doing it for unless you just like uh, unless you just like sending out uh, submissions. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. It's it's a person without a real mission. I mean, you don't feel yeah. you're not gonna write, okay? Then just go yeah. get a job at McDonald's, and maybe later on you feel you could have worked at Burger King. But that's about all the feeling you're gonna have. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have yeah. more. You need to have more than that, okay? That'll be a great series of books, <laughs> you know. The cheeseburger no. that bit me in the ass, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Once again, <laughs> you and that 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 uh, yeah, that, that is funny. But no, I I don't know. People are people are definitely strange. I I wouldn't know. I, you know, maybe I write about the same thing a hundred times. But you know, it was like the old joke uh, Angus Young made one time when they were they were interviewing. Him. They said, you know. Uh, ACDC has done the same thing, like made the same album 50 times. And he got mad. He said, I'd have you know that's a complete, that's a complete lie. We've done the same thing, uh, 52 times. <laughs> if people, if people enjoy what you're doing and you're enjoying what you're doing, don't worry about, you know, that's just a critic thing. I, I don't know. It's like some people have a niche that they're really good at it. And, you know, if, if, if you're enjoying it, everybody else is, and, and the people who enjoy reading you are enjoying it, 
mean, you're fine, you know. <laughs> and and, and, and writers out fan. there, you're gonna find you're gonna find what that is. But you gotta yeah. you, gotta, you gotta search your own your own uh, heart, and you gotta search your own your own life to to get some some passionate examples of, of something that that matters that you can you can write about, and and then you'll eventually find you know the kind of style and and, and the kind of way out of the the wilderness there for a little while but you you can't start in, in some academic way and you can't start in you know <laughs> yeah grammarly will help me through this thing because i don't know what the hell i'm doing that that's not going to work out at all then you, you have to be real you can't be fake yeah. and then wonder why they don't like what i'm doing well because i've yeah. saw the same fake thing 500 times already thank you for 501 yeah. and that's not doing me any good and it's not going to do you any good be who you're supposed to be automatically you're going to be somebody different than John and Mark and, and all the other folks out there. And then eventually mm-hmm. you, you'll, you'll join our family of writers because you're who you're supposed to be. You're not trying to be, us. That's true. you're not trying to be Charles Bukowski. You're not trying to be Poe. You know what I mean? You're not trying to be anybody but yourself. And once you do that, you'll, you'll see just like yeah. you'll see Here's another voice out there that should be heard. Yeah. Um, of course, like when people we've said this a lot, but it, it it's absolutely true. Uh, you know, when you when you start out and you do you all this, I mean, a lot of people do bleed their influences. I know I did for a very long time. <laughs> I was like a bad cover writer or something, <laughs> you know, like a bad cover band. I was trying to be like, you know, like Hunter S. Thompson and Kowski. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you eventually learn your own, you find your own niche, and you find your own voice. It just takes time, and it's nothing wrong with, with having the influences and, and, and kind of, you know, because we all get, you know, it's it's weird. You, you kind of, you learn from the people that you read, really, and that you're a huge fan of. So, you know, but that doesn't mean you can't have some of those little traits or, you know, it. it you, you find your own way to do it. You just do. You do the job long enough, and you find tricks of the tr- things that work for you. That it, it just your st- and it becomes eventually your style. And it's just it's just time writing. It's just time. It's just spending time writing, and <laughs> you get better with time. I think it. You know, maybe I'm yeah. wrong. No, but, uh, I, I I I've seen that plenty of times before. In fact, I've now have the magazine aerial chart long enough to where I can see writers Mm -hmm. that I published a few years ago and I can see uh, what I felt is progress. What I feel is, is a direction that's turning something different than before. Now I can see it. So it it does happen. It does take time. They couldn't have done that three or four years ago, but now they can do it. Why? Because they've been practicing, they've been publishing, they've been, Living, mm-hmm. the, living in the world, they're trying to learn more about themselves. So yeah, it, it definitely takes time, but it doesn't mean because it takes time that you still can't do the best that you can do at that moment because that's how you get to that point. You have to still walk the road and not complain that yeah. the road is 10 miles long. Well, you got to walk <laughs> it. Maybe a mile a day. Oh, well, it's going to take you 10 days. Come on, folks. This is not yep. difficult math. you got to be able to do it. And Sometimes we got people that have, I don't know, emotional constipation and they have difficulty trying to get something out. Okay, I got that. You can work mm-hmm. on that. But what can't be worked on is if you just don't have any work ethic. I mean, if you're not willing to do anything, it's not going to come to you. There is no magical formula. Boom, this is an incredible poem. It's going to win the Pulitzer Prize. 
you know? <laughs> That's not going to happen, yeah. okay? So no. It no. all comes through work and practice and communication with people and see what other people are doing. It comes from reading a lot. A lot of times the secret of writing is, is, is lots of reading. That's why it's good to have yeah. yourself in journals or just good to read them in general to see what everybody else is doing out there, to see how they turn the phrase, to see how mm -hmm. they create a persona, to see how they're putting out their personalities. So you can sort of figure out how you can put yours out because in the end, mm -hmm. you could love Bukowski, but you still got to be Billy Bob. I mean, you got to be Billy Bob. Nope. You can't be him. You got to be you. No, no, he he didn't want anybody being like him to begin with. So, <laughs> he, yeah. Uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta. But it is good to see you know and pay attention. I know I always did. Uh, you kind of see the the writers that you admire and see where they're getting in and the kind of styles that certain places are taking. So you know if you kind of have that same style or you write in that vein, then yeah, that's probably a place that would be receptive to you. You know that that. But that's all research. Once again, that's ties into everything and you know it, you gotta do a little research this is it this is work you know there's there's a great deal of work in this but there's a lot of, you know there's a lot of reward too you put the time in to anything anything you do if you put the time in you get something out of it as long as you got that foundation you know that maybe it's got to be nurtured you know but it, it you're gonna get if you have the ability if the voice is there it just hasn't kind of fully grown into it you're, you're going to be fine. That's the main thing that I think you could emphasize to anybody. You're going to be fine. You're going to find that niche, even if it doesn't, you know, if, if it's rough, it's okay. Cause it's rough for every one of us. <laughs> it's, it wasn't easy. It was never easy. We all got stories. And so, yeah. And then you just get through it and then you end up sharing those stories with your friends and your contemporaries. And that's, what's great about writing. And some it's of them might really... even wind up on the show. I mean, we've done a few of those stories where we've had some things <laughs> and shared some as well. Some funny, some you know, some rough, but no, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's those stories are there. They will come along. Just you know, keep at it. That's the main thing. That is and it. and you know, have that personality and, and infuse that stuff into your work and and you know, be you. There's enough people you know, trying to be somebody else. Just be you. That's really all you have to do. Exactly. Just be yourself, whoever that is. You know, maybe you're a jerk, but it might be interesting. I don't. <laughs> you know, I got a few of those too. Yeah, we got a few of those. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I know some folks that are definitely colorful. I know lots of them, and but the thing is that they're when you read them, it's a hundred percent them, and they're very gifted. You know, whether I'm like best friends with them or not doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're they know themselves. They know it completely, and that's all that to me. The best writers, they just know themselves, and they they can they can they can just do it. You know, when it comes to when it comes down to the you know brass tacks, so to speak, it's they can get out there and they can just write. You know, no matter what we think of them, they're they're good at what they do. And I so. think, and I definitely think that's the the, the final word to, to wrap up this show. Uh, like John says, and you you can't be any more succinct than that. If mm -hmm. you don't know yourself, you're not going to achieve anything in, in, in writing. We're told this throughout the entire history of mankind. If you mm -hmm. don't know yourself, people travel on another road to drugs and alcohol, or, or they go into a cult. Or they go into a job they hate or a marriage that's destroying them. And why do they go yeah. in all those directions? 
they went all those directions because they didn't know themselves, so they got sucked in. And if you want to get sucked in as a writer, start learning yourself. Learning who you are, you're going to learn how, how to write, and you're going to be, in many, in many cases, a better version than you were even a year or two ago. And you'll have a voice, and you can start doing things like plenty of us do out there and add to the, the collective artistic community. So we got personality or persona. That's what we talked about on the show today. And I'm very, very happy to have a show like this because we can really kind of expound on these kind of topics and really help somebody to learn. They can listen and they can say, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think I need to look at that. Wow, I never thought of that before because we've kind of gone through this already and we, we've tackled this. And, and guess what? It doesn't matter how long we've been writing. The, the truth of the matter is, is that it's always going to be a daily struggle. It's going to be a, a, a daily task. It, it's still not any less work than it was for me years ago. It's still it's still work, but you're going to gain the confidence to where you could do something, and you know what's going to get published. You know what's going to be accepted. No one's going to look at you like you're you're nuts. Or if they do look at you if you're nuts, you know they don't think you're going to come in their house and kill them or anything. They just think, oh, okay, he's a little eccentric. That's fine, but. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm, I'm sure people probably think we're nuts at times. I get some strange emails at times. I, I've done a couple, you know, Q&A yeah, well. mailbags to let, you know, to let you guys know that I'm listening and I hear you. And I appreciate the comments. And the ones I don't, I, I still appreciate talking about it. Because, again, I'm not going to be moved because I know exactly who I am and, and, and what I want to do. And that's what you need to get to so that you can not only feel comfortable in writing, but that you can actually write the things that ultimately you should be writing about. We live too much of a life where we're not really getting all that we want. Uh, that shouldn't be in writing. We should get everything we want. We could control it all. Why not? And there's no reason to not get it here at least. All right, folks, until next time, John, thank you very much for coming on the show and putting your time as always. You're making it such a... Uh, not only a great listening show, but a really a, a valuable show. Somebody can tuck this in the back of the pocket and me pull out the John card. I'm going to need this today. God knows I do it sometimes, and I've been writing a long time. I'm like, I might need this dog poem right now. <laughs> you know, we all have those kind of days. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on the show. Always have a great time. And, uh, you know, as I said, respect your writing. And uh, thank people for listening because that's what's important. And glad people take something from it because that's what we do it for. It is. That's a guest house edition over here, episode uh, 79, Personality or Persona. God bless, folks. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com.